Thanks for making it through the first half of our conversation with Trey Fitzgerald. Now enjoy the second half. A lot of the announcing crews that we've had, some of them have been excited to help tell our story. Some haven't. Um, obviously, we miss DJ and Dunny. You still have DJ on the radio. I think Dunny and Max did a fair amount of our game, so it didn't feel like he was completely gone. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll we'll find out probably more in January and February before the season starts what tweaks might be made. But um, you know, watching the messy stuff, I think has been unbelievable. Um, those Sunday evening games, that's a good time for me to watch other teams play. So um, we'll see if, if there's more of that. And I think what, what the owners are really looking at is, okay, who else can, you know, Messi's a unique thing, right? You can't replicate that, but you know, are there players around the world or are there, you know, types of players that we can invest in to bring and that would help boost this league? And, you know, cause look, everybody's looking towards world cup in 2026 as being kind of that, uh, watershed moment for the sport. Um, in this country and in, in mainstream media and marketing and all that kind of stuff. So how do you keep pushing towards that? There's also other tournaments. So isn't there a tournament in 24? The Copa America, I think is going to be here. Yeah. Yep. But they, they haven't announced all the stadiums. No. Speaking of that one, you heard they pulling out of LA for SoFi stadium. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of crazy, right? For the world cup, not, yeah, I think um, Kroenke and SoFi don't want to make whatever the necessary structural changes are to have a 120 by 80. It's kind of amazing they didn't build that stadium with soccer in mind because most of the big NFL stadiums built in the last 10 years have all been built with international soccer requirements in mind. So it's not 120 by 80? That's the problem? Is yeah. The width? Yeah, you can't fit a full field there. Oh, wow. You'd have to knock out a bunch of suites because they have like field suites. And yeah, I haven't been there. I hear it's a phenomenal place for a sporting event. Wow. So, what about our? It's the same reason we can't go to BYU. Right. Because they have cement pads in that one, the one end. And you and can't so, make the field wide enough. Right. Yeah. And it's not flat. There's that. There's a big, it's frame. pretty pitched. Was a big crown. At least there was when I was on there. Long, long, long. Yeah, the sixties were different though. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, the equilibrium was off and all that stuff. So the benches were the bleachers were wooden. It was, it was a long time ago. So RSL through the uh, the rest of the season. Obviously, we're going to win the MLS Cup. Is that your prediction? Obviously, yeah. No, I think we have a shout. I don't think people want to play us. I think you know not having Pablo Ruiz is is obviously difficult. But we've been playing without him for a couple months now. So, I, look, who knows? Anything can happen. We're we're a perfect example of you catch lightning in a bottle at the right time and you can make a run and, and win an MLS Cup. And we almost did it a couple of years ago. We did it in 2009. And we'll see what happens. You've got to play the games. All this, all this analytics stuff and all this stuff about paper and chances and probability and expected goals i don't think anybody here x dog really buys into it yeah it's about it's about the moment it's about the day it's about heart it's about fighting for the guy next to you and um what you know some of the guys around uh the athletic and some of the other mag you know national people that cover this league they're like nobody wants to play you guys because you guys fight and you hope you're hard so um, obviously the last couple months haven't been, we haven't exhibited the form that we had in the summer, 
but uh, maybe we can get it back. What about next season? What are the plans for next season? Are we even thinking about next season right now? I think some people are. Some people have the, to be. The off season yeah. is so short. Yeah, some people have to be. I'm just curious because you brought it up. We have a lot of good players, a lot of uh, squad players. Like you're you going to sit here and tell me that the 16 million dollars our owners just spent last two windows isn't enough? No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually not. not. I'm actually not. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> what it sounded like. In general. <laughs> I am ecstatic that they have. With three of the four, I think under 22. Well, I'm just curious because I, I think there's a question here. It's like we have a lot of good squad players. Uh, looking at it, maybe we have a few too many. Like we're a good squad, or they are, ourselves a good squad. But what are some of the things the tweaks could? I don't know. You tell me. Where do you think the team needs to upgrade and spend money? Um, I would think if right back, left back. I think those are two that I might. I love Oviedo, but he is. I love what he brings, but I would love to have an Oviedo of eight years ago hmm. when he's a little more in his prime. We couldn't have afforded him. No. Exactly. Maybe we can now. But uh, <laughs> well, we got him now. I think there's just a few tweaks. I mean, there's there, you could probably, because they are good squad players, you could probably find affordable players that are just as good but have a little higher upside. So you like, want the four for one trade where we take four good players and cash like, them in for one great? We love we 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 love Andrew Brody. We love his squirrel runs, but is there a right back that has a higher that is similar but might have a little higher um, upside? Upside maybe as Brody do you, do Plateau. You, do you want do you want Elliot spending cap money on a right back? I don't. I, I we don't get. I don't get into it that deep. I'm yeah. just saying. No, but that that's what you have to yeah. consider because everybody sure. can sit there on Twitter every Saturday yeah. night and say Brody sucks, <laughs> Oviedo's old. But what do you like? We are living in a salary cap league, and outside right. of the salary cap right now, we have Chicho, we have Demir, and we have Savarino. So all the other. 31 players have played, so the other 28 all have to fit inside this little box. And we've spent on center backs, right? And Vera, very glad. Vera Ojeda. Um, we love, we love a yeah, lot of Yeah, no, this. I'm just explaining how it works. Um, we've got three U22s in the midfield. Presumably we want Pablo Ruiz back. I don't honestly know what his number is, but I'll, let's call it, I don't know, 700. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the union numbers. Up top, you've got Chicho, you've got Julio, you've got Rubin, and you've got Musovsky. Musovsky is a steal on his salary right now, but that's going to change next year. Yep. Um, you know when he goes into free agency. Um, well, probably himself. Julio Anderson Julio. Yeah, he makes eight hundred grand a year. Could you find someone that's more affordable that um, maybe gives you just as much or more as? Is that as much or more is an interesting question because yeah. if you go cheaper, presumably you're going younger. You go younger, you're not getting consistent production. You're getting Andres Gomez levels of volatility, right? right. So these are all the all the factors. And that like I'm not, yeah. I'm not in these conversations. I just hear bits and pieces from the coaches, the scouts, the fans, my own eye. But these are you know these are the debates that everybody has over every signing and. The interesting thing, and I think most clubs are probably like this now, but if one person in that kind of decision-making tree says no, that player is gone. So 
So that's, every that's every player that's come that's in, a yes, no. there's alignment, right? Elliot isn't pushing a certain player onto Pablo's plate, or you know, Kurt Schmidt isn't telling ownership this is the guy we have to have. Like there is a lot of video, there are a lot of Zoom calls, or a lot of face to face meetings that go into every one of those signings, and this is why MLS is in many ways the most difficult league in the world because we talked about Nottingham Forest earlier all these questions that you just posed could be easily solved by just throwing throwing money at it and um <laughs> but not that's, here that you not in mls no because yeah. you have you have a finite amount of money then you have international spot limitations you have um the supplemental roster which is mostly academy kids right and um you know we put axel and jude wellings and haziel orozco and some of these kids that we put them on MLS deals when they're 15 or 16 in order to protect their rights so that if they grow at the rate, we hope they grow that we are compensated for that down the road. Now, not everybody's going to work out, right? Nobody bats a thousand, but if one of those kids pans out next year, then you've just saved yourself a massive chunk of money under the cap. And so that's why like a Bodie Hidalgo is really valuable. But it took time for him to go from being a winger to being a right back. And now he's kind of a utility guy. He can play center back in a back three like he did the other night. So it's like I get, I get we all want a Chicho at every position, but that's not economically viable. No. And I'm not I'm yeah, actually yeah. not expecting that. Yeah. I'm just saying um it's like Gomez. Great. Tomas Great. Gomez. He still has not played <laughs> in an official <laughs> RSL game. Yeah, we I mean league game. It's yeah. true. We don't even know if he exists. It's just a running. But he is. It's like Gomez. He was on the bench Saturday night. <laughs> right? We saw him walking in. But uh, um, Gomez, great player, yeah. but hasn't figured out how to find his teammates. Right? He he loves to dribble himself into the corner sure. and find two or three defenders. Yeah, that's right. So is he going to figure that out? That's a great question. I mean, I think he's made massive strides in the six months he's been here. I think Nelson Palacio has made massive strides. I'm excited uh, to see what those guys, you know, how they keep improving next year. Because if you ask me, doing the eye test, this has been, this is a better roster and a better team than RSL's had in a very long time. And younger. And younger. But at the end of the day, we're yeah. still in the 48, 49 point 48, 49. window where 50? we, the last eight seasons, we've averaged 48 points a season. How do we get to the point to where, we're averaging, we're in the top four in points per season, like kind of we were with the Jason Christ. Totally different era, MLS 2.0, yeah. 10 teams. But how do we break out of this middle of the pack, mediocre? I don't know. Is that mediocre? Well, I think, personally, I think finishing so would you sixth and seventh, I would rather average third or fourth with. A couple yeah, of but seasons where that over a long time is very hard. It it's not impossible, but we've only who's finished, done it. I don't. Seattle I don't look to everybody else. <laughs> we're, we're trying to Seattle didn't make playoffs right? last year. You're not don't don't LAFD didn't the make table. playoffs two years ago. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see more third or fourth place finishes than sixth or seventh, which we have kind of averaged. We've been sixth or seventh, ninth. Okay. Well, over, let's talk Sunday when we're in third. Okay. 
And what happens if we're? <laughs> I, I just don't understand the negativity because, like, I'm not trying to be. No, I no, I know, but everybody just, is. It's 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 a difficult league. Like, there's other teams that are trying to prevent you. Like, this is what I get into during games. People think we should just show up at Rio Tinto Stadium or AFF now and win every game seven nothing because <laughs> Andres Gomez is fast. Right? It's not that simple. Like. Even the Colorado Rapids got 25 points this year, right? Even LA Galaxy got 35 points this year. For RSL to make the playoffs three years in a row, only team in the West, Pablo Mastroeni, the only coach to do that, to make the playoffs five out of six years with Elliott as our GM, nobody else is doing that. Elliott's done it with three different ownership situations and four different playoff formats. Um, in a league, as you alluded to, that is rapidly changing, like the amount of money that is being spent on rosters now to what it was five or six years ago is, I think, a result of RS of MLS teams embracing being a selling league. Um, and not to pile on Trey on, on Trey's <laughs> side of this ledger here, oh, Brains. Oh, please, please. please. We did it with going young too. Like usually in the NBA, when you go young, you get well, that, you get slaughtered. For a seasons, yeah, right. Well, that's but in MLS. Point. We went young, and we still the eye test. The eye test says that this yeah. is a better team, and I hundred percent believe that this is a better team, better roster than we have. Obviously, better ownership than we've probably almost ever had, at least on the except uh, Checkets on the <laughs> he's pocket, an ed, but he's a legend. Dave Checkets. <laughs> I wish he was still the owner, but on the pocketbook side, we. We have the so. The what bones. are they going to do to they're going to elevate make, the team to where making just barely squeaking in the playoffs is not well. The, so we clinched the playoff for three weeks ago. Well, no, we're no, not no, saying squeaking this in. Is, I agree. No, like we saved everybody the decision day drama of the last two years. Finally, totally much appreciated. Well, this is also stemming from the fact that you know we've we've had a a, a stint where you know we come we. We get motivated when we're down instead of when we're up in the table, we stay up in the table. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? When we were, sure. when we were in second place, that was, that was it was kind of like the start of yeah. our kind of coming down and losing. I'd have to go back and look. I, I think we've been above the playoff line for a longer period oh, of season, time yeah. this year than oh, yeah. any yeah. in recent memory. And the, because we, I we get, I get the volatility, right? You hate going seventh, ninth, sixth, third, 12th whatever and but that's it's a parody driven league so the margins are going to be really really thin and i understand your point i just i think if if we've averaged 48 points a season for a decade we're probably two one of two or three teams that can do that can say that i get that this year has sucked at home right it's the worst home record since 2007 we've still won 70 percent of our games in this building and in 15 years Nobody else is doing that. And, and we have the cheapest ticket prices. And we're so not that's another factor. Well, it sounds like you're... No, no. No, <laughs> no, no but, but here's the, here's the other thing. If you, if you want Blitzer and Smith to go out and spend $16 million in January and July, you would probably expect a much bigger price increase than we just had from 2023 to 2024. So, yeah. like, there are balancing acts everywhere. And if Xavier Gozo becomes one of those squad guys next year, we might have saved a million dollars on a winger. Yeah, I would much rather be yeah. team as the star mm. type squad 
and I love where they're at. I love the direction they're heading, but the goal, where is the goal? I think Brandon brings it up. It's like, we love being the underdog, yeah. but I would rather have a team that people want to come in and beat because we're on the top of the heap, kind of like mm. we were with Jason Christ and that whole um, golden era sure. of Real Salt no, Lake. It was a, from, you could you Seattle, yeah. Tezon, Tezon. Yeah. as an example, they went 13 years, 14 years making the playoffs, and they were... They're the only team that has played in more conference finals um, than us. So, and it, it comes down to... And they've spent... I'd rather... Three or four times as much money. And, and they don't have their own stadium. And I'm not an op- a proponent of spending yeah. willy-nilly. Sure. Um, but I, I don't... I mean, the top four spending teams in the league didn't make the playoffs this year. Like top five or six. Yeah. Yeah, the Toronto. The, well, just Toronto. And that's just the thing. So there's, a certain, money. there's a certain like alchemy and chemistry that needs to happen. I feel like we've we haven't figured. Nobody's figured it out. Nobody ever figures it out. But I feel like we've done things that other teams haven't done. It, it's an art, not a science. And I I do think to answer your question, I do think the ambition is always to win MLS Cup, right? Um, I don't think anybody in this building believes that just throwing money at it is the right way to go about it. It's, it's grabbing all these pieces. I ownership has committed that when the time is right, if they need to go out and spend big money on a player to put us over the top, they will. And I firmly believe that, but you just can't have twenty chichos. You know what I mean. You need. Well, he you, wasn't. He wasn't asking for chichos. Yeah. What he's saying is he's well, seen. Let's the, say chicho is more of a mid-level signing and not an over-the-top, but it was the biggest signing in our club's history. No, no, no. I think he's a fantastic signing, but he's just saying there's certain pieces in the team that he feels that you know if we could maybe switch them out or give opportunity to another player to see if there's a higher ceiling for that other player that oh. hasn't. That's what we don't know. That's why we were asking: Is there another player? Is there is there a trade? Jude Welling's going to be that. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to say that he wants a Chicho as a right back. Yeah, I mean, we don't. No, I know. But But, I guess my point is: Look, we gave Aaron Herrera eight hundred grand as a right back last year, more as a reward, but also hope in his potential. Now we've got Andrew Brody playing right back. He makes less than a half of that, maybe a third. Herrera's not even making the twenty. And I don't know if he's hurt or he fell out of favor with the coach. Something happening yeah. off the field that's going to end up with him. And you're like, I don't know. But just those are the kind of situations. And I mean it more from a financial standpoint, not, right, 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 not right. obviously Chicho. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there you, are you places need, we you, could upgrade. Sure. I mean, you can always so. upgrade every position. But it's where do you want to put your money? It's also, It's also how do you make the whole better than the sum of its parts? Because... Not everybody can be a piano player, right? You need, I don't know which coach I heard it from the other day, but they said you also need, we've always heard piano players and piano carriers, but this coach added piano tuners to the mix too. (laughs) So the 11 guys on the field, if everybody does their job, hopefully things go more or less according to plan. But um, you have to make sacrifices, yeah. Uh, it is a sacrifice. Know. Yeah. Do you do you give up a Brody and bring somebody in and then kind of find out maybe Brody was better? But I think that there are because there are yeah, so I think many Brody, good Brody teams. would tell you his twenty twenty two is maybe better than yeah. his twenty twenty three. 
but and, he still played 3,000 plus minutes. And this is also a team too where if you pick up, like we saw it with Pablo Ruiz, injury, mm-hmm. I, the the play of the team goes down. And was Brody better at left back because Aaron Herrera was better at right back? So there was some coverage. I think the the Kansas City game, they had to move kind of Brody. And we're picking on Brody. We love Brody. Yeah. We're just kind of using him as an example. Move him over to the left because he was getting abused on the right. And there was some formation changes as well. Silva went over. But that's kind of where, you know, we are a good team, but how do you make that next step up as an organization? Ruiz, great example. Nobody would have known. So everyone I, is surprised. I watched his first game where he came on as a sub and first or second touch, he gave the ball away and they scored and everybody booed him. Yeah. And I was like, that poor dude. I mean, even last year, everybody, every time he took a shot from 18, people were like, field goal, you yeah, know? We were, we were so, in that. We were in that. And, but this season. But development. He developed. He gets injured. And all of a sudden, RSL cannot play through the middle. Can't play in the midfield is just kind of horrendous for four or five games until they figure it out. But to your point, you have Ojeda and Palacio and Ruiz. That looks like next season is going to be really good. So there's not really – you maybe you don't bring in somebody but, I mean, in midfield. Even just look at Luna Saturday night. Yeah. And I don't know if it's – for me, the game has just slowed down for him. And I saw it more Saturday night in L.A. than I'd ever seen it before where he was able to dictate pace, tempo – he, his head was up. He wasn't just dribbling down here. And, you know, there's been a lot of hype around him. I think there's been a lot of unfair expectations for him. But Saturday night in L.A., and maybe part of it was because Savarino's not on the field, right? So he doesn't have to feel deferential to the other kind of playmaking veteran. He knows that he can try stuff and he can do stuff. He can stay outside. He can float in. He can go high. He can check back and he can try he can to make things people. tick. Right. Can, um, can. Next year, you know, maybe his development allows the team to play differently. Well, here's, here's a concern. Maybe this would have been a better approach, although we've had a great discussion no, and fine. enjoyed it is that if we don't make any changes, let's say this roster next season, I don't think gets 50 points. Doesn't even come close because I think the West, the other teams in the West, larger team, they're going to go out and make some changes. LAFC is going to be better. Seattle is going to be better. Uh, St. Louis is going to come back to the field. Or I think Seattle is going to be the same, honestly. I think they lost Garth and and that could be true. And they're losing. I mean, they got to make a decision on Albert as a DP. Rui Diaz said goodbye to the fans. Like, but there's going to be a lot of changes there. But I think if you stay status quo, then it's not going to be the same. But what are a few little changes that the team? We don't know what they are, but there's good. There's got to be I a think few this, tweaks. That, yeah, sure. To improve the there's going to be changes, but I think the playoff run is going to dictate a lot of those changes too. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's older players that have to make the decision. There are players in their prime that have to make decisions for their family financially. Um, but just, I mean, think of where we were last year to this year, right? Bodie Hidalgo. I've never seen a player improve as much from February to October as Bodie Hidalgo did last year, except maybe like Tony Beltran in 2008, where mm-hmm. they just, just made absorbed and yeah. every day they got a little bit better and then boom. And then, you know, I think Bodie, Bodie's been a solid contributor this year. His playing time has kind of come in fits and starts and it's been dependent on injuries and other stuff. 
So who knows what kind of leap he makes next year? But he got a couple assists even this year. Too. Yep. Yeah. But but you know Gozo, um, Luna Luna's going to miss part of next year because of the Olympics. Um, so I think you're going to see you're going to see a fair amount of changes. I think just based on probably just contract situations and and there's only so many minutes to go around. But what about I don't know? Like look at Austin last year to Austin this year. Oh they man, didn't, that they didn't make a lot of changes, right? Well, and it crashed. They were super they were hard. Lucky last year. Every every game I watched, I was like, that was a lucky goal. And they spent a lot of money on Rigoni, and he scored yeah. like four goals. That was a bust. Yeah, well, that's a miss so, for sure. What about Dami? He's a we love Dami, but it sure. looks like He's, Father Time is yeah, undefeated. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just like you mentioned, Luna. The game sure. has slowed down for him. Mm-hmm. Dami on the other side, the game is sped up, and he, he doesn't Maybe even like, Scott Caldwell, right? He's, he hasn't been on the bench much. He was on Saturday. The but. game is kind of passing him by. It's just, sure. Yeah, no, those are the hard decisions. Obviously, Dami's somebody we love, and we'll see what happens. You know, he may he may have a great playoff run. That'll change the conversation. So um, I think we have his option for next year. Is it a team option or a player option? It's always a club option. Always a club the option. Final MLS. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I think there's a lot of guys that we have options on and free agency and bonuses and other things. So um, there's a, there's a lot of tough decisions I think that'll be made this year, just like there are every year. Um, like last year, Beasler just got to put uh, that he, one out. Beasler, Tate Schmidt, still upset. Um, yeah. Tate got hurt early on this year. He had he had a great Houston. start in Houston. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he had goals the first two weeks and then he did his ACL. Yeah. Um, that's, that's this game, right? That's this life, um, for these guys. And it's, it's tough. And and that pressure is probably why sometimes you see guys acting out as we talked earlier. Yeah. That uncertainty you, you have the, I can't imagine the pressure of having such a limited window of earning potential. And you having to depend not just on your body, but so much of sports is situational. Oh, yeah. If Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, goes to the Broncos or goes to the Bears or goes to whoever the next worst team in NFL is, like any one of like that's fate kind of deciding the pathway of his career. Right. Um, And that's that happens so much here. Like, I mean, Brody and Ruiz were buried so deep in the doghouse under Mike Becky. Yeah. They went over to Austria where I happened to be. They rediscovered their love of the game. Pablo Ruiz played on the defensive side of the ball for the first time in his life. Brody was the best player in the third division of Austria. Then they come back here. Freddie gave them chances and they've thrived under Pablo. So think of all the things that have to happen for that situation to occur for them to then take advantage of it, I guess, and earn a new contract or earn the love of the fans or whatever. Right. And that's, that's the, it's, it's, that's the alchemy I'm talking about. It's, it's like a miracle when you have someone come all the way up through, like he, he's a man, you fan, this guy over here, Brennan, he, and, and they, Yankees and Cowboys too. They, (laughs) right. 
Okay, Cowboys, no, Arsenal. Okay, my girlfriend's a, no. a Man U fan. That's what I always say to her. But they they always seem to get these Dolphin kids. Fan. Oh, they always seem to get these kids in the academy that end up on the first team, mm. and whether they're thrust in there or not. Yeah, but, but they have the numbers on their side. Like I I remember they have what. 1,200 kids when, in the academy. Yeah. When David Beckham signed, he was 11, I think, 13, whatever. He was one of 1,000 kids they yeah. signed. And then now, obviously, he was part of a golden generation, that class that by the time they're 18, there's four or five guys, right? Him, Giggs, um, a couple of the other guys all kind of made it at the same time. That's amazing. Yep. That's unheard of. Right. That is the Mount Rushmore of academy uh, development. Right. And and sir, we thought we had it with Glad and and Jordan Allen and and you know Jordan's coaching our our U seventeen kids and we love having him back here, but it's got to be frustrating for him too, right? That his career was cut short by a massive series of knee injuries. Um, I think we've got a good pipeline in the academy, but again, you just never know. You never know if. if Anything can happen, right? On or off, they the might field. be good at seventeen, but that's their plateau. Right. Or right. You, they might be, and that's hard to project and hard to predict, right? Especially because, like you said, it's it's not linear. You need it to be, but and it's who knows? Not. Axel, like Hamas and Olave, can hire an assistant for the Monarchs next year that becomes the Axel Whisperer, and his his career tra- trajectory just accelerates or increase whatever you just don't know or goes those steps in and he's the man all of a sudden sure. and you know no and and, and hope- the players you're playing with have a lot to do and with hopefully that well. you have multiple guys in every class that that do end up you know making f- not just first team careers but you want somebody to break out you know we haven't done the 5 million dollar sale like Dallas and Philadelphia have done a few of. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, you can look at the Booth kids from from Utah. They didn't even, they were barely in our academy, but they just always knew they wanted to go to Europe. And so. Taylor and. Taylor and his uh, little brother. Is it Zach? Oh, okay. Zachary. Yeah. Um, but Taylor had a touch with the academy, right? He yeah, they both for... they both did. And, like, we have their rights when they come back to MLS because we made them offers. Oh, okay. But. What'd you, know, you do to make him mad, Trey? I didn't do anything. <laughs> it was Elliot's fault. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, and that's what everybody always says. It's the same thing with um Yeah, they just blame I mean, remember uh uh Sebastian nice. Soto and Richie Ledesma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, like, and Ledesma's back in. I think I've explained this to you guys before, but at the time when they were like, I want to go to Europe, the MLS roster rules were so restrictive. That basically the only thing we could do with those guys when they're, I think they were 17, yeah, is offer them like a 60 grand a year Monarchs deal. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, I'm going to go pursue my dream, right? Yeah. And thankfully now, this is why you've seen us sign Axel, uh, Julian, you know, all the guys I mentioned earlier, um, because the league got tired of that situation. So they loosen the rules so that you can retain your own a little more easily. And I know there's sometimes people on Twitter that are like, we have 36 people on the roster and so and so. And, and some of this isn't made public. I wish it was. But, you know, there are places to stash those kids right. so that if, I don't know, FC Utrecht comes along and <laughs> says, hey, we want this kid. We'll pay $2 million for him that 
the club, the league, and everybody is compensated as opposed to just losing them for free. Right. And because a lot of the European countries, they don't have any limits on how many you can have on your roster. All the roster rules that exist in MLS do not exist anywhere else. If they can spend however much money they want, they can sign kids, especially domestic kids as young as financial fair play. That's always, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that's not working. Chelsea and Man City figured out ways around it, right? You can cheat like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just have oil money. That's so I know it's it's fun to think about potential, but sometimes, you know, sometimes these kids, the hype is the worst thing that happens to them. Yeah, like Ledesma, he's a great player, but he's an MLS player, right? He well, he's on this year. Yeah, he he's, he's good done, MLS. He's done player. well for yeah. New York City. Yeah. Um, and Soto. And believe it or not, we still have his rights. <laughs> we yeah, we right. loaned we his rights for this year to yeah. New York City, and they revert back to us. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, right? I guess they still nope. have a chance. And Luna, Diego Luna, yeah. uh, Moon Boy, he's a great example of fans latching on to a player and mm-hmm. maybe putting – I don't know if he that has any effect on him. I think, he's, I think he's an extraordinarily mentally tough guy. Um, the expectations and pressure that were – applied to him might have crushed somebody else i don't know um and it's probably fan bases everywhere but utah sure it seems like rsl fans they man they when they latch on to somebody they love them forever like, i think there's like, kids like that in every club Bofo that, that people want <laughs> they love bam yeah bofo fake left go right bofo's another one danny acosta yeah. he you know you look at those guys, and sometimes you just think, "Man, there's so much untapped potential." But Bofa's done great things in Mexico. I know he wants to. It looks like, based on his social media, that he wants to come back here. So, I don't know if he'll be given that opportunity or not. Brant Brant would love to sign Bofo back. I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm sure he's a great guy. But uh... well, and you could also look at guys like him or some of these other guys and say, you know what, MLS outgrew them and if so if they had peaked a couple years right earlier or different era mls they could have forged a great career and that's what all these guys say yeah and to that point like there's a there's a player that really intrigues me kevin lambert Mm. like is he going to break out you bring over luna CR center back of the future uh two he could have been like he he played for jamaica the other day and but that la game would have been perfect for him to get a look so who knows maybe he gets a look in colorado great uh, seemingly great pickups from pick pickoffs from USL. Curious to see how. Uh, any thoughts on him? Uh, he'll be the guy I fall in love with. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like Brent I haven't I haven't seen him play enough because I don't watch Phoenix Rising games. But <laughs> since the day he got here, he's been awesome. He's just been a really nice guy. He works his butt off in training every day. Um, I was really happy for him. There was some confusion over. Him being credited for a goal for Jamaica, I think on Friday night, he's like, "No, that wasn't me. That was Romario Williams." And I was <laughs> like, "Honest, yeah, very honest." And but he's under contract for two more years after this one, so he will get a chance to be that I don't know, second, third, fourth center back, um, wherever you know the dice shake. What about midfield? I like seeing a little more size in the midfield. For a while, it seemed like. RSL wanted to be the smallest team in Major League Soccer yeah. when it came to... Uh, when you pull in Sava and... Well, Loffelson's... Loffelson. They got him down at 5'11". 
on the... Really? I think that was what it said. They did have him listed on the site at 511 wow. for a while. We just stole that from Pitt, so, you know, <laughs> Pitt was, uh, was that overestimating. Um, he still had a growth spurt coming. So. Yeah, and, you know, look, there's there's guys we drafted last year, like Anthony Sinclair had a really good year with the Monarchs, so does he come in in preseason and impress? And um, there's guys that I think we've drafted the last two years that went and played in USL. Could they come back? Who knows? Like, um, it all depends on agents. It depends on players. It depends on our coaches and and our front office staff and what they're trying to do. And, and that's the alchemy you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, all these things. Like everybody's trying to put the puzzle together. And uh, I don't know if you've met some of these guys. They have. They all have very strong opinions, and they fight for what they believe in. And I think it's a it's a process that ultimately polishes the end product. And um, I don't know. I think I think we've been remarkably consistent. I think, obviously, it's disappointing to. I mean, there's still people in this building that look back at the West Final in Portland two years ago, and say maybe we shouldn't have let Albert come back into the eleven. Oh, yeah. Because How we had won that? the we had won yeah. those other games when he was out with COVID, and so you know was that disruptive. And starting Aaron to Herrera had from. a rough game that day, so there's yeah, no way to predict. But they were both for Portland. Um, yeah. So, like, you can you can go back, but I think what everybody is focused on is okay. What do we take that we can learn from, and how do we look forward and literally put everybody in the best position to succeed? And you know, the goal going into this year was top four seed in the West under the old playoff format, first home playoff game since 2019. So we've we've achieved the second goal. Hopefully, you know, we can still look ourselves in the mirror on Saturday night, Sunday morning and say, hey, we're top four in the West. We would have had a home playoff game with or without the format change. And then it's, okay, who do we match up with? If it's Vancouver, if it's Houston, uh, I guess Seattle's got a chance, Portland maybe, I don't know, yeah. um, in that 4-5 or 3-6 matchups. Um, San Jose. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think we're afraid of any of those teams, right? Like um, Houston's been red hot for a couple months, but maybe that's revenge for the Open Cup semi. And then hopefully you knock on wood, you win on that, you win that series, and then, you know, you're going to St. Louis or you're going to LAFC, assuming they don't get upset. But that's why I look at the standings, I'm like, we got to get the three seed mm-hmm. so that if there is an upset in another part of the bracket, we have a chance uh, for another home game in a different round, right? Yeah. So, um, and then then we're challenged with, okay, we got to sell 20,000 tickets in six days. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how you advance through the playoffs. Oh, so you already turned him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I think it'll be a fun month. And uh, I, I mean, I, I know I drink the Kool-Aid. So, I, I believe in that locker room. I've seen enough. I mean, Going to LA and winning that game was amazing a couple of weeks ago. Like nobody expected cool. us. Yeah. Obviously, I think you look back, you know, we caught them at the right time. Minnesota caught them at the wrong time three days later. <laughs> but, you know, Buanga is a stud. They got a lot of studs on that roster. Um, you know, Vela is a guy who he's got to make a decision what he wants, you know, if he's going to take a pay cut or go some go back to Mexico or he looks like he's where he wants to play. Mm-hmm. Well, him and him and Buanga don't you know, you see a little hook up a lot. It seems like you see a little detachment. Yeah, a little uh, tension on the field maybe between those. But, but watching, again, I don't know what's going on because I'm just watching 
You know? Yeah, it just seems like, like us. Famous. It doesn't feel to be like us. Yeah, I mean, does that mean something for you? We're all fans. We all have guys we love and guys that frustrate the hell out of us for no reason. Yeah. So, um, so outside of, you know, nice playoff run, win the MLS Cup, what's been your favorite part of the season to date so far before we push any more buttons and bring up the no. Broncos? <laughs> I'm happy to talk about that stuff. Um, or- the, the Open Cup run was very special to me. I've always thought we should take that tournament more seriously. And I've had arguments with several GMs in the past about taking that tournament seriously, <laughs> because to me it's win six games and go to CONCACAF. And yeah. um, so that was very disappointing, right? That that semifinal in Houston. Yeah. Because I really thought we were going to go in there and, and figure it out. Um, and we were close, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, 1-1 one, one in 106 minute, and then you give up too late and – like you said, you, Vera loses his mind a little bit, sticking up for uh, a Palacio that got yeah, elbowed in the face. Yeah, jerked in the back. Yeah. Excuse me. Anyway, yeah, he... um, I don't know. Like, Chang scoring two goals in Portland during that run. Um, <laughs> Las Vegas. The Las Vegas game was crazy with Bert- Berton and um, – And Demir. And Demir yeah. and, and Musovsky scored in that game, and that was his homecoming. I don't. There's been so many good moments. Just that summer where we couldn't lose – you know, um, where you lose three out of 24 and it's all coming together. The Pablo Ruiz goal in D.C. was really cool because uh, I was sitting so high up in that stadium. I hate that stadium. Howdy Field is the worst. <laughs> but I was sitting up next to the main camera position and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to shoot it. And then he pulls the trigger and that ball just floated and it seemed like it was up there forever that's a bad stadium because it looks gorgeous yeah but i think it's bad it might be good like from a fan standpoint because it the the stands are pretty steep yeah but it is i don't know it just feels like it doesn't make sense when you're trying to get around it and it's the press box is horrible the that's why i went and sat where i sat and they gave us a card table next to the camera on the platform it was like your technical booth you know so I don't know. I mean, for for a stadium that is, I think, only five or six years old, it should be nicer, I guess. Um, St. Louis's stadium, speaking of stadiums, is awesome. Like, they did everything right there. Oh, so yeah. there's part of me that would be excited to go back there for the playoffs, even if we're the underdog, um, just because the way they have their stadium set up, then you have their practice facility, and then they just – uh, converted a kind of a burned out warehouse into like their office building. And you can oh, walk nice. just a couple blocks between all three and, and they get their mm-hmm. team store and fans line up there the morning of games for like a special patch that they only do a limited run of like the fervor in the city for St. Louis is really, really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, I could go on and on, right? Chicho against Orlando, like, you know, that dominant performance against Orlando was was pretty special. The three nothing against Seattle might have been the most complete game we've played in years. Yeah. I don't know. Th- this year's been a lot of good moments. It's hard to believe. It's funny because we started right February twenty fifth. We were up in Vancouver and we've had a lot of travel issues this year. Like we got snowed in after sitting at the gate for like four hours and um then the streets were flooded because the snow melted the next morning and it was crazy. But um, I don't know this group. I just, I like this group guys feel close knit and feel tight. 
And um, you just never know. Maybe that's my favorite thing is you just never know who's going to step up. Certainly Chicho has borne uh, the burden since he got here, but one game it's Julio. We had the game in Toronto where it was Berton and Elijah Paul setting up Julio, you know, for that game winner and stoppage time. Uh, Glad's header and stoppage time at home against Minnesota. He's still not doing the dance, man. Yeah, that's probably the biggest disappointment. Still, man. Dance, man. There's a bobblehead. I'll tell tell Jay Glad he's got to get some new TikTok dances in his repertoire. Dude, that old man dance is solid. Yeah, it's a shame. You have the best goal celebration in soccer, and And you don't 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 do it. (laughs) <laughs> um, who who do you feel is the unsung hero mm. of the team? It's a great question. question. Unsung hero. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be where I go back to Emeka and Ellie a little bit. Um, young guy, kept his head down, just shows up every day and works. And where wherever he's asked to play, he's been asked to play a few different spots. Um, he's slotted in well. I guess... I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of them. Like we yeah, talked I feel about, like we're... we talked about Chang and the Open Cup heroics in Portland. Like what a crazy game. You're down one nothing off a bad back pass I think from was it Pablo Ruiz um to Beavers and then you know you're down one nothing, you go up 2-1, you go down 3-2, you win 4-3. <laughs> um you know, even a guy like Rubio Rubin who we haven't talked a lot about, that pass he had in LA just minutes after coming on and finding Chicho. And and I think Rubio's a guy, I think he would like to score more. I think we'd all like to see him score more, but Pablo's thrown him out on the left wing. He's started him. He's come off as a sub. He's played both forward positions up top, either trying to occupy the center backs and extend or check back into the space. Like He's done everything that's been asked of him, and he hasn't. We've kind of thrown his toys. I've always been on his side. We've I was fallen in love with Rubio. Yeah, he's like the hardest worker out on the field most days, and it just it doesn't feel like things work out for him. Like it yeah. seems like he has bad luck in front of goal. Yeah, yeah, he has had like a lot of bad luck. I think in front of goal, like whether it's a goalkeeper standing on his head, whether it's hitting a post, I don't know. Yeah. But he's a Not guy. Pretty bad luck. He's a guy. I mean, Rubio, he still feels like. I think he's trying to make up for the red card in Austin. Oh, right, I feel know? that, yeah. So that's been a motivating thing for him is is to try to just always do right and not not put himself or his teammates in that type of situation. But that's what's cool is guys talk about that stuff, you know? Like we talked about with Glad and the red card. Guys come in the locker room or they send a group text and they get a ton of support back. Like, hey, we love you, brother. We're all in this together. Like, don't. Don't feel like you're the only one responsible for us not getting three points today. So um, that's the cool stuff about this group. And then my last question is uh, goal differential. Mm. I love coming back to goal differential. And we are the highest seeded team that has an eight yeah. goal differential on the season. Um, the the bad losses were bad, and we had a couple of 4-0 games fairly close together and kind of clawed our way back to positive goal differential, mm-hmm. and now we're back to negative three. Do you think that matters overall? No. no. Thank you. Wins matter. Okay. Thank That's you. why wins is the first tiebreaker. And and I really like that. <laughs> I like that no, wins well, is the first I mean, tiebreaker. Says, I guess. Oh, what did we change have? your tune, Tyler? We lost. We lost four nothing to St. Louis. Right. We gave up yeah. four goals in one half. Yeah. That and was then cool. we lost four nothing in Columbus. 
a week later. Yeah, and they were on a back back. And then we beat Orlando for nothing, but we haven't had another really big win. We had a couple three ones. So if we can get Colorado three zero, that'd be nice. Weekend, that'd be nice. Back to zero. Be nice. Um, yeah, that's the. I mean, look, it does matter, right? Like, we'd have an even clearer path into the top four if we won the tiebreaker with Houston, which we don't because we're eat. We'll be even on wins, um, and then it, it will go to the goal differential, and we'd have to make up fourteen. So, unless Houston, <laughs> unless Houston loses seven zero and we win seven zero, like that puts that tiebreaker in our spot, but. Um, I think at the end of the day, three points is three points, and whether it's one nothing or ten zero, like it'd be fun though. Like we haven't had a big. <laughs> remember, I this is about a decade ago. It might have been longer, twelve years ago, where we beat New England one year six nothing with yeah. all six goals in the second half, uh-huh. and then the next time they came back the next year, we beat them five nothing. So, like we haven't done that. Yeah, and I we would love to do it to Colorado if we could do it on the road where. I don't know. Luna takes over and Demir, Julio, whoever, Sava. Like, you just don't know who's going to be the catalyst on the day. But So Trey's predicting RSL's going to dump truck Colorado this weekend. 7-0. If we beat Colorado this weekend, it'll be the first time we've ever beat the same team four times in a single season. Wow. Which would um, be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we beat Chivas three times in 2013. Which is hard. At the full nine points. In yeah. Any sport. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Colorado did us a favor last weekend, tying um, Dallas. Dallas, yeah. yeah Dallas, a a would have, they would have eliminated, I think, a couple of teams looking at it. Yeah. So Minnesota and Kansas City, maybe because they yeah. both need help still. Yeah. Well, we cannot thank you enough. No, this was fun. I always love chatting with you guys. Use and abuse you. Get you fired up. We didn't even bring up the the Broncos and the Dolphins yeah. taking them to tennis. Hey, I have. Um, I mean, I have two of Tyreek on my fantasy team, so. Oh, that's good. It, keep it, those. It, keep those. Uh, cushion the blow a little bit. Yeah. Touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much. No, we'll talk again during the playoffs. I want to hear. You know, maybe in the off season we can hear your guys. I want to hear your guys' favorite moments from the season because uh, it's been a long one, and there's still a lot to go. I think you know we could get to 50 games, which is crazy. Wow. Oh, that'd be so exciting. It's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, we look forward to yeah. it. Thanks awesome. so much, Trey. Thanks, guys. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast. Join Brant, Tyler, and Brennan every week wherever you get your podcasts. Share with your soccer-loving friends, download, subscribe, rate, and follow. You can find them on Twitter at RSL Random Fan and at RSL Random Fan Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also reach out via email at RSL Random Fan Podcast at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening.